let's be honest, this is one. It has shown itself in our marriage. Yep, that's <laughs> as, true. <laughs> as well. So what have we learned or how have we worked through this in our marriage, in our lives? Welcome to Marriage Talk. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Valerie. And this week we are continuing our look at love and mm. what it is. Two weeks ago, if uh, if you recall, we introduced how love was more than just a feeling. That's right. That it was also an action, a choice that we make. Mm-hmm. And last week, we began to look a little closer at the Bible verses from 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 13, verses 4 to 8. And this week, we're going to continue to move through those verses <laughs> yeah. and look add a few more of the elements of love that are listed there. That's right. That's right. But before jumping into that, uh, we want to just say, again, thank you for listening and and tuning in to this episode. And we want to share, well, a few weeks ago, really, we shared some friendly challenges (laughs) on teamwork or at least how to build teamwork. Uh, And if you remember, if you recall that that episode, uh, we shared a challenge called the shoe tying challenge and we tried this shoe tying challenge. We did. We actually did it um, at, we we had a kind of a family night at our church and we had a whole bunch of people do it. (laughs) That's right. We made it kind of a big competition and, and a game and to our surprise, a lot of people actually did it. Yeah, like, they did really well. They did really well, which I have to admit, I was I was kind of shocked of, of how many people were actually able to tie the shoes. Yeah. There wasn't too much frustration no. between and the we made it friends. into a we made it into a race, right? We did. It was so there was that added pressure and stress that's, as well. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. But we did find really it was the ones that communicated really well were the ones that really were able to move on and then into the finals and there was no prize except for the fact that you got to tell everyone yeah you you won you won yeah Yeah. and you know what (laughs) me and my friend we did make it into the final but then it all fell apart because what we did in the first one round we we were miscommunicating about how we were going to repeat that success in the second round and so communication is definitely key it was it was yeah (laughs) yeah but that same so this is a family night at church. Yeah. Um, and so we decided, hey, let's play hide and seek all over the church. And so everybody went and hid. And then there was one person who went around finding people right. and then Classic they joined them yeah. in the hunt. Right. And me and my friend, we nearly died laughing because <laughs> we decided that we were going to hide behind this island in the kitchen. And we were just sitting on the floor kind of in the open and whispering and visiting. We had another friend that was kind of sitting in the corner. She was covered in aprons and yeah. she actually had a bucket <laughs> yeah, on her head. Yeah. No, she won at the end. Like <laughs> no did. one ever her, found her. her spot was really good it was good (laughs) yeah but anyways we're sitting there behind this island and and kind of visiting quietly but then we hear footsteps coming and she thinks it's her son who's the one who's doing the seeking the finding that's right and so she whispers and she says oh i'm gonna scare him because he is always (laughs) jumping out from behind a corner and scaring me and so as the footsteps get closer and closer, she gets ready and she lunges and kind of hollers. And well, she scared the person, but turns out it was not her son. It was one of the pastors. Right. And he, he was really startled. He was so scared. And we nearly died laughing. But yeah, she got him pretty good. And overall, we highly recommend 
playing games like you're a kid when yeah. you're at church. It's uh, a lot of fun. It was so much fun. <laughs> it was such a fun family night to uh, to put together. And you're scaring this pastor was a very it was a highlight it was it it was quite funny funny to watch i was i was lucky enough to see it take place i love it when those (laughs) things happen all right but let's say let's get back to processing first corinthians 13 4 to 8 and that's the passage that we've been going through and we'll go through it again this week and one more next week but let's start i'm going to read it and this is our passage love is patient and kind love does not envy or boast it is not arrogant or rude It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. And today we're starting with the element of love is not arrogant. Now, arrogance is that exaggerated sense of our own our own importance yeah. and abilities. <laughs> and so how could arrogance show itself in our lives? Yeah, I think I think one of the ways is when we think we're always right <laughs> and true. we always could have done it better than the next person or that we know better. You know, the thinking or that, that old saying like, you know, they think they're the cat's meow kind of thing, <laughs> yeah. that old yeah. expression. That would kind of completely sum up uh, what being arrogant is. So I guess there's no meowing? I guess so. I don't even know what, where that... <laughs> phrase came from it's a weird one but yeah. anyway it's not like cats maybe maybe we should like do a case study and watch how our cat walks around and be like is that arrogant or well cats can they they do think they're the cats meow i guess so <laughs> i guess so i guess so. all right so if that's arrogance what do we do if we find ourselves being arrogant what what are some things what do you think uh, well the first thing that comes to mind is humility right mm. to honestly look in the mirror and see our own shortcomings and blind spots and recognize that I'm not always right. Or there may be, there's a better way or a different perspective or a different way. Mm. And I think when we stop and truly listen and hear what our spouse or our kids or or whoever it is, what they're saying, what they're feeling, what they're experiencing, it shows love and it helps us to, kind of try to eliminate that arrogance. Yeah. Yeah. This one, unfortunately, like arrogant, not that I try to be an arrogant person, but I think, you know, if I really do self-reflection, this would be an area that I have, I have stumbled on. I have kind of tripped over in my life. And and really the way it shows up is again, not that I, again, not that I think that I'm an arrogant person, but it, like when I present an idea and then that idea gets shut down, I can find myself kind of getting irritated with that. And then not always wanting to listen to the reason why right. my idea is not a good good idea. Because at the end of the day, like, I mean, I have a lot of ideas. <laughs> not all of them are good. Like, they're a not. A lot are. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. But but not all of them, right? And and I need to realize that. But so so that's kind of how, like, how it's shown up in my life. And, and it's really something that I've really tried to work on in my life is, is accepting other people's ideas, accepting other people's responses to things. And it's just an area that I've become aware of and I really work on. And I really appreciate that because then it makes a lot 
it a lot easier to deal with stuff mm. as it comes up because you are working on that and you're mm. aware of that and that humility okay. makes well, it you. so much easier <laughs> to to work through things. It's true. And and I can relate because I can do the same, but it shows up in more of that that critical spirit sort of thing. Mm. And so yeah, I think it's something that I've had to work on as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately, but it is like we said, we're working on it. Yeah, and, and I think we've really curbed it and continue to just be aware of it. All right, let's move on to our next love description in the verse, which is love is not rude. Yeah, and rude people are just no fun to be around. <laughs> That's, <true. laughs> That's so true. Now, now in short, we want to provide a little bit of a definition, but in short, rudeness is unnecessarily saying or doing things that are unpleasant for another person to be around. Uh, dealing with our rudeness, this is so important because rudeness is irritating. It is. Uh, embarrassing. Yep. And really, it is just straight up unpleasant to be around a rude person. And so let's talk about what it practically looks like to not be rude. <laughs> and we really have a short list that we want to share. And so how about Valerie, why don't you start sharing the first few on the list? Yeah, so the first one is to treat others the way you want to be treated, mm. right? And this is especially true or includes our spouse and our kids, right? Sometimes it's really easy to do that towards strangers, but it needs to start with our spouse and our kids. Mm. And no double standards, right? We can we can't act one way and then expect our spouse and our kids to act to this higher standard, right? right? We have to lead by example. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would also add here, be as considerate to our spouse and kids as we are to strangers and our coworkers. And you kind of alluded to with the whole treat others the same way as we want to be treated because we at times can kind of use restraint with our coworkers or we're uh, more patient and then at home we're less patient yeah. and with our body language, with the tone of our voice, with the words we use and how we choose them. Uh, and so being, being considerate uh, yeah. is one that would help. And if we're not sure what our spouse and our kids consider rude, hey, why not ask them, yeah. <laughs> right? Like take the guessing game out. I think we've shared that in a few other episodes as well. Uh, and then do those things or don't do those things, right? Like if our list says, if our spouse says, hey, I really think this is rude, don't do that. Uh, yeah. work on not doing those things. Yeah, because rudeness, it, it, there is some differences, right? Culturally or from person to person. For me, yeah. saying please and thank you is a big thing. When people don't say it, <laughs> That's right. to me, it comes off as, as a rudeness. It's a right. lack of gratitude for what another person is doing for you because of the way I was raised. Right. I was raised to always say please and thank you. And so it means a lot to me. That's right. That's right. There's not too many meals that go by our, our house where the kids and I are not saying thank you. Wait, yeah. And I appreciate you, you've that. You've expressed that you really want that. And, and we're, we're, we are truly thankful that yeah. you We're not just doing it because you've asked us. Like, I'm actually truly thankful that you cook meals for us. Uh, for me, I always find, like, this one... This one really gets me is, is when people throw their trash on the ground or out the window of their car. I'm just like, you've held on to it for this long. Like, just <laughs> hold on to it till you're out of garbage or 
wherever yeah. you go. Like, I don't know. Anyways, that one really, I find that rude. All right. Uh, moving deeper into our verse, we see that love does not insist on its own way. Mm-hmm. And this is really talking about selfishness, right? Mm. And this one can be really difficult for us to hear and understand because unfortunately, so often we are so focused on ourselves and making ourselves and our happiness mm. kind of the top mm. priority. <laughs> totally, unfortunately, totally. We, I think we just, we seem to be wired to be selfish. You know, like we often hate it when we see it in others, right. but then somehow we justify <laughs> it in ourselves. Like yep. we can have really high standards for our spouse, well, we have kind of extremely low standards, um, and this is because we justify those things, but we have low standards for ourselves. Yeah, and unfortunately, that selfishness, it it has shown itself in our that's, marriage. That's true. But thankfully, we we have learned a few things over our 21 <laughs> years of marriage to, to push back against that that's selfishness. Right. It's still a struggle, yeah. but we're more aware and we're working yeah. towards squishing it yeah squashing it <laughs> for sure and so let's share let's share some of those things that have helped us uh squish it or squash it or yeah. be aware aware of it uh that's really helped us with our selfishness uh and, and i think we've talked about this one on a whole episode before but we started to think win win in marriage that really helped us yeah it did in this area it, Thinking win-win, it really helped us to move us away from thinking that one of us gets our way and then the other one doesn't kind of thing, to moving us to thinking, how do we do this in a way that we are both happy with the outcome that we decide? Yeah, that's so true. And it made a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Another thing that we started doing was that we both started living into what we read in the book of Philippians, mm. uh, chapter 2, verse 3, where yeah. it says, Do nothing from selfish or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Mm-hmm. And as a young wife, I thought that that verse meant that I should just stuff my own feelings. And if I was hurt or I saw something negative in you or that you were doing, that I should just think that you're more important than me and I should just ignore how I felt or what I thought or even saw in you. Mm. And because I feared conflict, I made that more important than stepping out and speaking the truth in love. And so loving selflessly also means that we're going to be having the hard conversation and we're going to hold each other accountable in a godly and kind and respectful way. And this is something I really had to work on it and understand in a deeper way Mm -hmm. in my own life. Mm -hmm. Now, if someone though is listening and they're living with a chronically selfish spouse or, or, you know, maybe someone listening struggles with chronic selfishness themselves, we, we really recommend to go seek professional help. Help yeah, it, in those areas. It's true because what we've talked about here today is dealing with the normal struggles of selfishness that, right. that comes and goes. We're not talking about the chronic need to always get our own way and only Mm -hmm. focus on ourselves. That's another issue. That's right. Totally separate issue there. Next love element. Love is not irritable. Uh, (laughs) Irritability. This involves those feelings of anger or frustration, of being impatient, uh, quick to get annoyed, especially over small and and little things. 
uh, people with irritability, they have a tendency to react with anger like really, yep. really easily. <laughs> it is like quick switch and they are like right away. That's their first response. And really they have a short sta- tamper. Temper? Yeah. Temper. 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 I, keep, I think I said tamper. Tamper. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they have a short temper uh, and, and then just snap on people. So here, here's the question. What can, what do you think can make people irritable? Let's unpack that a little bit. I think a big one is stress, right? Yeah. And this can come from overcommitting ourselves, taking on too much. And these could be really good things that we're taking on, right? Volunteering, that's a good thing. But at times can add stress due to time commitment, Mm -hmm. right? So when when we're saying yes to one thing, we're also saying no to something else. Mm -hmm. And so we need to be evaluating that and having a healthy balance. Mm So that selfishness, which we've already talked about. Right. Uh, One thing that comes to my mind is the acronym HALT, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. When these things are present in my life, (laughs) I can be an irritable person to be around. But here's the thing, like when I look at that list, I realize those are things in my control, right? Like they're they're in our control. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Uh, well, maybe usually they're in control. I mean, if anyone has babies, sleep maybe not in in our control. Oh, yeah. <laughs> at that time. But, Thankfully, though, yeah. that is only for a few years, That's, and even so, we still do have control over our attitudes, right? And how we approach it. That's true. But often, like my irritability is. It's actually more about me when I stop and think about it than it is actually uh, about others. And so that's something I've just come to realize as I process and think this through of what leads to irritability. Uh, another thing that can lead to irritability is is living in habitual sin in our life. Just having that there in our life, constantly going to that, it, it can make us yeah, become sure irritable um, because we're not happy with it for the most part or right like like it's affecting us in other areas well and there's so. that guilty conscience yeah. because we we aren't living into god's best for ourselves right. we're, we're missing the mark and so then uh, there's a lot that goes with that yeah now irritability Let's be honest, this is one. It has shown itself in our marriage. Yep, that's <laughs> as, true. <laughs> as well. So what have we learned or how have we worked through this in our marriage, in our lives? Yeah, we practice and we're still working on being <laughs> calm and patient with yeah. each other, right? If there is a legitimate complaint, we deal with it in love and, and with respect, not anger or rage or violence. Mm-hmm. And we try to keep short accounts. Mm-hmm. Right, not letting things build up and stew and stew, but to try to deal with it as soon as possible. Yeah, yeah, and we've shared in the past about kind of having a, that weekly marriage meeting, yeah. a, a weekly time where we're going to address these things, and we both know about it, and so it, that's that really helped us to be able to bring these things up and work on this area. We've also learned to deal with our stress, uh, I would say, in a healthy way. The Bible tells us to avoid unhealthy stress by letting love guide our relationships, uh, to prayerfully work through our worries and anxieties, to share the workload and and the burdens that we carry, to avoid overindulgence. The Bible also encourages us to take a Sabbath day of rest every week for worship and relaxation and, and for fun. Those are other things that have really 
really helped us uh, in our irritability. Yeah. And I think also practicing gratitude, right? (laughs) Setting healthy boundaries, creating rules of life, things to help us be productive and fruitful, Mm -hmm. dealing with our sin issues in our lives, dealing with our selfishness, practicing that self-control. Those are all things that have really helped us to to fight against that irritability Mm -hmm. that can creep in. Yeah, yeah, such a great list. All right, let's continue on with our love description. Uh, We're moving through these elements. The next one is love is not resentful. Mm -hmm. And actually, in, in researching this, I found a really helpful article on resentment. And they had said that resentment is closely related to, but not the same as anger. It said that resentment can be viewed as, as kind of a negative feelings towards someone or something that stems from the past. Did they also talk about the kind of like, what does being resentful look like? Or Yeah, they said that it, it might show up as kind of that harboring of mm. anger, some disgust towards someone or something, disappointment or avoidance we start to avoid, withdrawing. Right? It could look like kind of intentionally being mean towards someone, that okay. mean behavior right. or annoyance towards the person who treated us unfairly. Hmm. Could be that kind of critical, passive aggressive, or <laughs> maybe just hurtful comments hmm. that are disguised as, you know what, like just a joke, but really there's, you know, right. some lashing out in that joking. Yeah. Uh, maybe secretly being happy when mm. something bad happens to the person that we're having the resentment towards. Okay, okay, right. And so I guess here's another question. So if those are things of how resentment could show itself, I feel like I'm just asking you like a lot of questions <laughs> here know. as we go through. You're interviewing me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is good. I, I, I love listening to to your thoughts and your wisdom and your answers here. But all right, so, so if those are things that resentment, how it could show itself, and the next question, that I would have would be how do we deal with resentment? Yeah. I think a great place to start is to actually do the work to process what happened, Mm. right? And that could take some hard work, but really processing what led to the resentment. That's going to help us to get to the root of the thing, right? Helping us to push through our feelings and get to the potential cause or at Mm. least the potential contributing factors. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so let's say resentment is showing itself as anger. Okay. Often anger is really just a mask that hides our primary emotion, right? Right. So then that can be really helpful to get to the root of our emotion and find out what's really going on. Mm -hmm. And then we can begin to to deal with that. Yeah, yeah. Kind of digging into those root causes of what's leading to it in our own lives, right? For sure. I think another healthy thing to do is to work on our own past hurts, uh, our own past wounds. Again, to gain understanding about why <clears throat> sorry uh, <laughs> bless you yeah i don't is it a frog in my throat or a tickle maybe this is why i'm just interviewing you my, my throat's uh anyways let's let's just keep moving uh 
to gain that like that understanding about why the bitterness and that resentment uh, like are uh, it's pulling us in and why we're resorting to there like doing some of that self reflection some of that self identification a self inventory yeah. as we might call it into why I am responding the way that I am in this situation uh, being able to answer that question being able to identify those things being able to identify what part of the issue is me and what part of the of the issue isn't me and, and now I, I think this is going to take a lot of humility in our lives to really go through not point the finger yeah. but to really dig into like what is it what's going on inside of me where is this coming from what did I contribute to this uh, so humility is going to be playing a huge role here and prayer uh, spending a lot of time in prayer and asking God you know search me oh God and know my heart reveal to me any wicked way that's inside of me those are anyways that even just asking the Lord to show that that's a humility prayer right there it is and depending on people's personalities right sometimes we we very easily take on all the blame mm-hmm. and so yeah. humility doesn't mean falsely taking on things that you didn't contribute to right. humility means Um, being willing to admit if you were in the wrong, but also being willing to not take on stuff that wasn't yours because that's not helpful either if you just constantly take on the blame when you really weren't at fault. And so... I just wanted to clarify yeah. that because I know for me and my personality, I'll just take it on and say, oh, well, I could have done this better and I mm. should have done that better. And if I was just more perfect. And so it's a weird sense of twisting pride and thinking, oh, I'm being so humble. But really it's mm. saying that I had all the power and control when that's not true, yeah. right? We can't control other people. And so just keeping that in perspective yeah. when we're talking about humility. Yeah. Do you think these two questions would help? I was talking to a leader uh, about leadership and and so correct me if I'm wrong if you think these two questions would be good or not but would be uh, what part of this is mine and what part of this isn't mine and it really helped him in leadership when either he's getting blamed for something yeah. that he didn't do or someone's bringing something to his attention uh, in his life or in his leadership he has these two questions that he kind of filters it through what part of this is me and what part of this isn't me and then he's able to deal with the first question and he lets go of everything in the second question yeah that definitely can help I just was wanting to emphasize that because I know for me that is a struggle right and a lot of times Don't we just think oh well, I, we're, I'm just so humble but really <laughs> we're taking on stuff and we're, we're robbing other people of their opportunity to grow right because so we're saying I'm at fault when really we weren't <laughs> so right, right, keeping right. No, keeping good. it truthful yeah, in yeah. the humility no good catch yeah I, like I like that you're right and and you know what we've also said this before on the podcast but have the honest conversation, <laughs> right. right, with the person or the people involved. And this is one of those things that we continue to say again and again yeah. because we know that nothing's going to change no. if we don't have that honest conversation. Yeah. I think we'll always say this. I think we'll always keep saying this over Yeah. And, over. <laughs> <laughs> and as we've uh, thought more about this, I'd also say that resentment, uh, it's going to steal our peace. It's going to steal our joy. Resentment really is toxic. Mm. There's a saying that when we resent somebody, we become their slave. And the stronger the resentment is, the more time we spend thinking about it, enslaved to it, caught up in that old anger that's connected to Mm. it. And ultimately, the person who's holding the resentment is the one who suffers the most. Mm. 
holding that resentment. It's it's like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. It doesn't make sense. No, no, it doesn't. Actually, it sounds a lot like unforgiveness Yeah, is what that sounds like. Yeah, that's so true. And this is why we recommend to seek and to grant forgiveness mm. when needed. Right. Pray about it and give it to the Lord and then forgive the person, right. whether they've asked for it or not, mm. so that we can be free to, to live without that resentment, without that bitterness, yeah. right? And it's another place where we are truly needing mm. God in our lives yeah. and his strength and courage and ability to totally. be able to do that. Totally, totally. And just to clarify, like forgiving someone, it does not automatically mean that we give them our trust again. And, right. And it's kind of like all there and we're moving on with that or, or that... It, or that it even means that everything goes back to the way that it was before yeah. we're granting that forgiveness. Like forgiveness is a decision to let go of the resentment, to let go of the anger, yeah. rebuilding that trust and, and having things going, moving forward or going back to the way they were. Like when trust is broken, like that's a whole nother matter of yeah. what it looks like to rebuild the trust. But we can forgive somebody and not have resentment in our life and that bitterness building in our life. We can forgive them, but there's other steps that would take place to rebuild trust when trust has been broken. Yeah, I think that's such an important thing to keep in mind because, yeah, forgiveness doesn't mean that it just is automatically trust is back in place when it's been broken. Right, that's right, really, right. That's really important. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> I, I think I, I think we covered a lot again we as, as we've been moving through yep. this verse. Uh, we we've covered uh, a few more of the elements. We've left a few more of the elements on the table, but yep. we're gonna cover them next podcast. As we said, we're doing a series yeah. on this. But let's let's hit pause there today uh, on, on the things we've talked about. And and you know what? How does that resonate out there with everyone uh, that's been listening? Uh, we talked about how love is not arrogant or rude. Love does not insist on its own way. Love is not irritable. And love is not resentful. And honestly, that is a tall order. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a true. lot. That's true. Just those five. Like if I just pause there, like, oh my, this is going to be a lot to work through in my own life. Yeah, but yeah. it's not impossible. No. And when we live this stuff out, our relationships will be filled with true love. Right. And like anything, the more that we practice these things, the easier it does become. We build strength in that area. Mm -hmm. The more second nature it, it does become. Yeah, so true. It, it's that muscle. It's that constant muscle that we're building. And the stronger it is, the better our relationship will become in those areas. All right, so, so let's jump to some questions for us all to process and wrap up the episode today. Valerie, I've been asking you all the questions. Why don't you take a turn and, and ask some questions sure. today? <laughs> all right, so what areas are you, are you doing really well? And what areas need some focus? What's one step you can take to work on the aspect of love that really resonated with you today from the episode? What's one way that you can celebrate the areas that you are rocking it? <laughs> oh, it's so good. Uh, we hope you enjoy uh, processing those questions. Thanks once again for joining us, and we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.